So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode nine of season four, Life After Lockup. On this episode, Deontay wants Lindsay to be more needy, Sarah and Sean have a gender reveal, Chaz gets a tip-off on Branwyn's online activity, Brittany gets some desert time to think about her situation with Marcelino, Brittany and Ray prepare for the wedding, Tiffany and Kevin meet another woman, and Puppy tells Eric she's pregnant. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things with you? Uh, Things are going pretty well. Had a somewhat relaxing weekend. Um, I feel like it's just because things are about to get crazy. It's that fall time busyness with lots of events. Oh, we're going to have the, yeah, the the fall stuff happens and then the Halloween stuff happens. And then once Halloween starts starts happening, it's just like. Yep. Holiday, 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 holiday. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So, uh, speaking of celebrations, uh, let's start off with Brittany and Ray. Uh, Brittany is busy planning her wedding with her friends. Instead of flowers, the bridesmaids will be carrying clutches. Uh, Later, Ray is working out when his grandma Sue stops by. She's been calling him fat, so they kind of banter back and forth about him working out. And then Sue shows him a picture of him and his mom. Ray becomes emotional because his mom was killed when he was 11. He plans on leaving a seat open for his mom at the wedding. Sue then has a conversation about commitment. She says the two things that can cause problems in a relationship and a marriage is money and cheating. Ray then tells Sue about Brittany's dad not giving his blessing for the marriage. Sue says that he's just being protective and she knows that he'll come around eventually just because she knows what a great guy Ray is. Sue supports Ray going forward with the wedding anyway because Ray is, at the end of the day, marrying Brittany and not her dad. Ray then brings up the prenup because of the restitution situation. Sue agrees that it is a concern, but it's not a worry because Ray will pay it and so it'll never fall on Brittany. Sue knows that Ray will pay his own way. Ray says that by bringing uh, her bringing up uh, Brittany, bringing up the prenup, it's just bad timing. Sue asks him if he would still marry someone that wasn't all the way in. And, you know, Ray doesn't really answer. But, you know, Brittany and Ray, they're, they seem to be doing okay. Uh, do you think that uh, Ray is going to do anything different? Uh, get cold feet because he's got two things working against him now. Brittany's dad. Uh, not giving his blessing and, you know, him having feelings about being asked about a prenup. No, I think it's all pretty much going to go. I think he'll just, you know, maybe be in his feelings about the prenup for a while. But because even what as soon as he said it to his grandma, Sue, she was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like right. I'd probably want one, too. Like, <laughs> right. Just, like, and it's like because in their situation is one of the situations where it it, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense um yes. in terms of you know what you're actually protecting and what you're you know against the unwin talked a lot about it last week so the fact that like even his grandma was his grandma wasn't like what she, she thinks she's gonna divorce you she was like well yeah you owe people a lot of money dude like of course she wants to protect herself from that right like so I mean I think especially if everybody who he talks about it more or less has that 
well, you had to expect that coming, right, guy? Yeah. Right? Then he then he's not going to be in his feelings about it. He just be he just going to be in his feelings about the bad timing. But he's not going to pass up the wedding or get cold feet about the wedding because she brought up something at a different time than he wanted it to be brought up. Right. Right. That, that seems kind of weak. The timeline of this whole thing seems a little off to me. They definitely make it seem like they just got engaged, but then they talk about the wedding like it's a few weeks away. And if Brittany is really trying to have this crazy, lavish wedding, like it sounds like she's trying to plan here, and she even mentioned to her friends that she is way over budget by a couple tens of thousands of dollars, it's Mm -hmm. like... You can't put all that together like in six weeks where it kind of seems like this is what the timeline is. Yes. I mean, that, that's true. It does seem like they are – I have to be at least – I don't know. I, I, I feel like she had a lot of things locked and loaded and she was like got phone calls to make um, yeah. in terms of spending her money. But yeah, it's hard to put together – it's hard to within a couple of weeks, you know, within six weeks spend – I don't know. Uh, you, you're right. She said ten to fifteen thousand over budget, which is getting pretty close to their over budget would pay for most people's weddings, right? Just yeah. all all together, right? Just by what they're over what she's over budget by. Oh, so you'd have sure. to imagine, right? She's not like double over budget, right? She's probably, you know, put the, and putting that kind of event together. Like the more an event costs, well, I guess. It kind of goes both ways unless you put a rush on everything, right? And then mm-hmm. everything costs a lot more expensive because you're like, well, here's a super fancy thing I need. Well, great. It's cost X dollars and I need it in four weeks. They're going to be like, well, we can do that for you, but. And so yeah, that, might be that part to of me, thing. right. That to me is a more annoying because it's like if you just exercised a little bit of patience, you yes. would be able to save a lot of money if that's really what it is. Right. And it, I, I, and I, but I do feel like. You know, I've known lots of people get married and I, I, I had these, you know, kind of Jamini Kano wedding that I had. But like people who do real weddings, it it takes the better part of a year to get it all planned and to buy mm-hmm. everything you need and organize everything because people are booked that far out. Right. Not just the venue, but the photographer and everything. So you're scrambling to find somebody who's not there. And then if you're trying to that's what I don't get. If you're trying to have that top notch wedding with the best of the best. Right. Mm-hmm. The photographer, the wedding photographer that's not booked three weeks from now is oh, not the gosh, best wedding photographer. Not, right, right. <laughs> right. So you're you're you might pay a lot of money for like the rush job, but you're not getting the best of the best if you would, like you said, just be patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I just feel like there's something fishy about this timeline. I mean, it doesn't contribute to any drama whatsoever. So it's like, whatever, let them be fake about their storyline their timeline whatever i mean britney has even come out after last season aired pretty much saying that all the drama that was on the their season was a hundred percent as she puts it orchestrated by her like she basically wrote her own storyline of everything so i don't know i mean i i actually really like ray and therefore i like them as a couple Mm-hmm. But they're kind of boring, and I don't know if they're really terms of making drama. Sure, right? They're not really making a huge contribution to the show right now, right? Which is, I don't know, that's okay. But we just just doesn't give as much to talk about, you know? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't mind the people who are like, oh, here's people who aren't completely insane, um, or yeah, but yeah, but 
Well, and let me go because I have one. I have one couple in mind that was not really very long either, and that was Brittany, my Brittany, the other Brittany, and Marcelino. So again, ninety percent of this season so far between them, I feel like has just been Brittany ranting to herself in the car, and this is a little bit of that. So she says she doesn't regret doing the the threesome with Amber because, you know, it wasn't her that lost her mind afterwards. And maybe it's better that she gets to see her true colors. So she drives out in the desert to be alone with her thoughts. And of course, we get more of Brittany talking to herself. So and this is kind of a this is more or less a callback to when she, you know, way earlier when she first got out. This is more or less the same place her and Marcelino came so she could have her first like taste of freedom and just, you know, be in the open. So she knows that because of the children, she's, you know, this is not like a situation she can just like nope out of and run away. She has to stay and she has to face him. But she says if it can't be a resolution like that, he'll have to move out. Uh, So I don't know. I I don't know what to say about this. It feels to me like it was just more wheel spinning before we get to the actual confrontation at the end. Right. Right. It kind of makes me wonder a little bit if Marcelino even really signed a contract to be in this season. I feel like we've really only had him have had him mumble a few things and like leave the situation. Right. Like I feel like the last few episodes has mostly been Brittany trying to figure things out with zero help from Marcelino. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, his way of dealing with it is just silent treatment. Yeah. Right. Just I'm just going to sit here and salt, which I don't know. He sounds like a very, very frustrating person to have a disagreement with Mm -hmm. because he doesn't actually tell you what he's thinking. It's hard to hash out like, well, let's get to the bottom of where we're both at so we can figure out where we're coming from and resolve it. He just wants to be like, well, sounds like you have things to say. (laughs) <laughs> like and just that's what he'd do, right? He wouldn't. He doesn't let you know any any of what where he's coming from, except for just to be like, "Huh, okay, sounds like that." Yeah, and it just and she just gets more and more frustrated by it. And I, right. I guess it's better to have her talking to herself than to just have Marcelino just being silent on the phone or going. Well, I guess that's the way you feel. Yeah, I don't know what is wrong with him. He just like needs to be able to articulate things a little bit more instead of just, you know, right. Like you were saying, like, oh, I'm going to let you talk. You know, it's like, yeah. OK, well, maybe you should also participate in this conversation. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know what I'm going to because I don't know if he doesn't know how he feels, if he's like just out of in touch of what he's thinking or I just it's one of those things that I don't see the point. Right? Right. It's like it's 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 on the same vein as when we always talk about the people who are like, why are you lying? You know it's going to get found out. Yeah. Right? It's like, why do you keep not saying what your issue is and what's bothering you? Because how are they? How else are they supposed to know? Like, yeah. what is, how does he think this ends up with him just quietly sulking as his half of the conversation? I don't, I don't know where that ends up. All right. Anywhere but her getting mad and storming out. Yeah, I mean, definitely their wheels have been spinning, but I mean, this is also their storyline just in general. It's like kind of like not a whole lot of progress is made. There was like that one revelation episode and then it's kind of just been a little stale since. So speaking of things that are kind of just spinning their wheels, let's talk Deontay and Lindsay. So Lindsay's hanging out with her friend Blaine as they're sharing a vape and apparently lipstick from the vape. Lindsay is going to see what's the deal with her warrants. So Lindsay says she was arrested twice in 2020, once for defacing property at her ex Scott's house and the other for having drugs on her. 
Lindsay has already served 18 months, but fears she could have more time to serve. They meet with a ponytailed lawyer who tells her that she does actually have warrants out. He says she can turn herself in and plead not guilty and then bond out. He says she's looking at possibly 30 years, but only 25% have to be served. They all bring out the calculators just to find out that that's about seven and a half years. Lindsay says she's just trying to do the right thing, and the best thing for her to do is to go before a judge, you know, all prepared with a job, uh, enrollment in drug addiction classes, uh, with the rights to more visitation with her daughter. And her lawyer says she needs to lay low. That's what she really needs to do. Deontay calls Lindsay right after she gets uh, done talking with her lawyer. Lindsay says she needs to turn herself in and bond back out, and Deontay doesn't like this idea at all. He says he'll be there this weekend, and Deontay asks why he hasn't heard from her much. Lindsay says it's because she got a job, and she's working with Blaine. Deontay points out it doesn't take much to send a quick message because it takes the same amount of time as posting on Facebook like she's been doing. Yeah. Soon as he points that out, Lindsay gets frustrated and tries to get off the phone. She didn't realize you could be dating someone so clingy when you're long distance. Blaine is overhearing the whole conversation, is just rolling his eyes and doesn't say much as she tries to make excuses for herself and why she hasn't been in contact with Deontay. Back at home, Deontay is packing up when his friend, truth-telling Derek, stops by to get his shoes. He asks how Lindsay is and Deontay tells him that she doesn't always have the time to talk. He thinks it's weird that she will go days without talking to him. Deontay says that she used to call him five or six times a day. Deontay says he likes his women to be clingy and needy. He then brings up Blaine and his suspicious about that dude. Derek just says out loud what Deontay is thinking, that Lindsay's probably messing around with Blaine. Deontay says he wants to check out the situation, so he's going down there this weekend. Derek has no idea why Deontay keeps doing this to himself, but he'll be there for him when it all blows up, as he's convinced it will. All right, so do you think that Lindsay does have a thing for Blaine? Because we've already heard last week that Blaine most certainly has a crush on Lindsay. So it's really just on Lindsay to either make it happen or to keep him in the friend zone. Yeah, I mean, I think he's I think he's pretty well friend zoned. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's is going on now. I mean, I'd be a little more concerned from Deontay's because if they didn't answer the question, he didn't even ask the question. They're like, well, I'm working for Blaine. I'd be like, wait, back up. Thought Blaine was a drug dealer. Are we working for the drug dealer? Is that what we're doing? Like, what what, what work are you doing for Blaine? This is what I need to know. I'm more concerned about that than I am about like, are you sleeping with the guy that you've had a bajillion opportunities to sleep with over the course of your life? Like at any point you wanted to sleep with this guy, you could have. Right. 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 And yeah. I, I'm less worried about that. Like, because clearly if you haven't yet and you're like not going, you know, it just seems like that that ship has like sailed more or yeah. less. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right in that they've probably been single at the same time at some point together and they haven't slept with each other then. So it does decrease the likelihood that all of a sudden something is going to spark up. Now that they're, you know, known each other a little bit longer. But, you know, I I just feel like she would do it out of spite. Like, just knowing that crazy look in Lindsay's eye. Like, if Deontay pushes her enough where he is just paranoid jealous, 
I could see her just being like, I'll give you something to be jealous about. And then hooking up with Blaine just to be spiteful. I mean, okay, yeah, but that would only because that would only be because he's like the nearest available penis. Like it doesn't matter if it's Blaine specifically. It's going to be like, well, I mean, I guess if you're saying I'm worried about Blaine, I'm worried about Blaine, I'm worried about yeah. Blaine. And he'd be like, well, because I could see you're going the other way, too. Well, you were so worried about Blaine. You should have been worried about this other guy that I'm totally hooking <laughs> up with now. <laughs> like you're so worried about the you're not even worried about the right guy. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, I agree with Deontay that something is up because I get that she had a lot more time on her hands, right? And that's why she was calling him five or six times a day. She was in prison. Like, that makes sense. But to go from that to zero in, like, over days, like, I'm I'm with him. There's something up where her feelings have changed. She has other male distractions but something is up where she is not messaging him. And I'm not even saying five or six times a day, but like once a day, even once a day. Yeah. I, I feel like when you're once you're in the relationship, I mean, they're in a relationship where he, they're talking about moving in together. Already, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that is I, I feel like once you're at that stage of the relationship, like you're you're te- you're messaging each other every day. Right. Like it, that just is. Right. Yeah. And. Yeah, and if you're not, there's there's something wrong. I mean, okay, unless you actually are living together then, in which case you don't necessarily message each other because you're literally talking right. to each other every day. Yes. But, but yes, there's communication every day. So there, that is suspicious, but I don't know that what's different is him. Like, I, I, she is definitely the kind of person where it's like, uh, I saw that you posted on Facebook, so I knew that was the time I should text you because I saw you. That's creepy as hell, and it makes her not want to answer the text, right? Like, that was very, very creepy to me that he was like, well, I saw that you were active on Facebook, so I texted you because if you have time to be active on Facebook, you have time to text. And it's like, wow, pump the brakes, right? Because the more he's clingy and the more he messages, the less she wants to message because it also, again – you know, confidence is sexy and texting somebody 40 times because they haven't texted you back. Not confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's such a turnoff. And I feel like that's what's really happening right now. It's not even just well, it is the neediness, but it's like what's associated with it is the lack of confidence. Like you're so right. needy because you're so scared I'm going to leave you for whatever reason. Right. And now he's packing up and going to Mississippi for, quote unquote, her birthday when it's obvious that he's going down there to try to lock it down. Right. He's like, well, I don't trust her. I got to be I got to be around. I got to be around. I got to be around. Like and that's so that's not going to go over well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's wrong in that he probably needs someone a little bit more attentive because, um, you know, he mentioned that, you know, he he just wants someone who's a little bit more clingy and needy. And I think that's mm-hmm. really just because he's like an anxious attacher, right? So he needs that constant sure. affirmation that things are okay. So I don't know. I think what happens when you stick two needy people with each other? I just I they think just, that's like a codependency, mm-hmm. right? And then then yes. that's another. They just ask each other. They just ask each other, "Are you okay?" Over and over and over forever. Right. And to me, it just seems like another disaster, right? It's a different kind of disaster, yes. though. Um, yes. But it, it, it's it, – yeah, that one's just like – that. I feel like those tend to be the people that like 
you know, the couples that end up like folding in on themselves and they have no contact with anybody else because all they're doing is reassuring each other and clinging to each other all the time. And like, I think I feel like that's the way that that relationship goes, which is like he says he wants the clingy girls, but I don't think he's attracted to the clingy girls. And I think that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, yes, that's definitely and you and I wonder a little bit. I definitely think that's true, but I wonder if it's that they're so available that he's not attracted mm-hmm. to them or is it that maybe less attractive people tend to be more clingy because they fear because they have more insecurities. Oh, I, I I think I don't even think it's attractiveness. I think it's that I think it's the kind of personality that turns him on. Mm-hmm. is not the kind of personality that goes with somebody being clingy. Right. Like, he kind of likes them unavailable and independent. I mean, look at Lindsay yes. and Nicole. Like, at least what we could right. say between the two of them is that they are sassy. They are not going to put up with anything. They are not following any rules. They're the ones laying down the law. Right. And I think he finds that very attractive. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work in the relationship because those type of people, those type of personalities are not it. And that's... You know, but that I think that's why he keeps doing the prison thing, because that's yeah. where you can find people who have that attitude, but also have nothing else to do but message you all day. And right. so as soon yeah. as they get out, they're like, well, I don't want to keep doing what I was doing in prison. That was literally prison. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. I hated it. I had no other like, choice. <laughs> I had no other options. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let me go on to Amber and Puppy. So. After they've been caught by Eric, Amber and Puppy go back to Amber's house to tell Queen all about what happened. Puppy doesn't expect Eric to come home tonight, and she doesn't want to go there because she doesn't want to be alone. So they're pretty sure he was on his way to see his wife and kids. Did we have know the kids before? Uh, I don't know that we did. Yeah, I think we knew. I think we knew Eric had kids. Okay. But Queen is very sure of it. Yeah, he's pretty. he's still in love with this woman. And Puppy is the side bitch that he's never going to marry. So Puppy doesn't want to believe all that because she's in love with him and thinks that he's this is still just going to be a temporary situation. There's a lot of cussing and crying as Amber yells about how she deserves better and deserves a better life. And then Puppy blurts out that she's pregnant in front of Queen. Queen just is like, well, what's, what's the plan about that? And then Puppy says that she needs to talk, she needs money and to talk to Eric about getting an abortion. So Queen then calmly asks, Mm, do either of you know of uh, current abortion laws in Georgia right now? And they were both like, no. I'm glad they asked the questions because we had the same exact question like when we found out. So I'm glad she asked. And this is side note. This is it's, the timeline of this filming becomes very important right now, right? I'm, yes. I'm assuming this was filmed well before June. Mm-hmm. Right, which is the the important date for, for this subject. So anyway, Puppy doesn't know and Amber doesn't either even though she just kind of off and offhandedly mentioned that she was pregnant before and doesn't want to talk about it so Amber estimates that she, you know puppy's probably six weeks along and you know they might have to end up going to a different state so of course Eric doesn't know and she thinks he might want her to have the baby but she doesn't want to be in a position where she feels like he's only hanging around because she trapped him with a baby so she does acknowledge that she needs to tell him. Well, also needs to tell his wife, who has some, who they get like in touch, mutual Facebook friends with Amber, and they like dial her up, but we don't see any conversation there. So we don't know what happens, but the next day we go to see Eric and Puppy at their house. So she asked like when he got home, and he 
typical Eric fashion is like, well, you'd have known if you were bit if you'd have been here. So that's how things started. So he lays into her for following him around and being all up in his shit and not really giving her an opening to tell him about the pregnancy. So Eric really doesn't like that she tells Amber all these things that he thinks aren't any of her business. And if puppy has any issues, it should be him that he talks to and not her. So that's at least an opening to ask, okay, well then here's my issue. Why are you dragging your feet with this divorce? He says he's done everything to appease her and she disagrees and says, you haven't done anything to appease me. So anyway, that upsets him and his new plan to appease her is to leave again. So she tries to physically prevent him from leaving, like grabbing his wrists and standing in front of the door. And eventually she says he can't leave because she's pregnant, which he immediately thinks is a lie. So she told him and now is just kind of like, well, you can leave if you want. And she tells us that once he leaves and he kind of walks out and she says, once he leaves, I'm not going to stick around for him to come back. So, but he does come back within like three seconds. He actually never turns around the, gets off the porch. So he does seem to realize that she's serious about actually being pregnant. So he asks what she wants to do about it. And she doesn't know because she's not even sure he wants to be with her, which he says is ridiculous. So again, she asks what she wants to do now. And she's bummed because, you know, I thought you were supposed to be happy or whatever. Although it's Eric. I don't know how you're supposed to tell if he's happy or not. He's just yeah, always the same. I can't tell. So anyway, he says he's still processing it in an interview and doesn't know how to feel or think because it's just a lot of things going on right now. Um, all right. So I don't know. What do you think? What do you think he's going to tell her to do? Is he going to be end up being excited about the baby or is it just going to be like, well, let's get that abortion you were talking about. I'll drive you to Virginia or whatever. Right. I think he will go with whatever she wants to do because he knows better. I think if mm-hmm. he wanted it to be over, he would probably be a little bit more honest about, you know, what he's thinking. Because quite honestly, it complicates his life, you know, because oh, tremendously. Yeah. his wife, like I, you know, I, his current wife, I know he refers to her as his ex, but we have no idea if Puppy is literally the side chick that the wife doesn't know about and the wife thinks that everything's kind of okay. I'm still, right. I'm so confused about their whole situation to begin with. So Eric just maintains two different households. Like, because, you know, we've already seen Puppy doesn't pay for anything. She's tried to get a job and he just, he's like, what? Why do we need another job? And yeah. then. Are you not taken care of? Yeah, exactly. Right. So he's paying for this house. He's paying for their lifestyle. He's also seems to be keeping another household with his wife and kids. So it's like, does she even know about puppy at all? Yeah, that she, I don't know. And then you say I, I say it because like, I, I mean, I went to high school with the guy. And shortly after we graduated, he found out that his dad like legit had a whole other family. Right. Like wife, like another another wife who didn't know about them, kids and the whole thing. Like he legit had two families. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it it does happen. And and so, yeah, I would not be shocked if this was, oh, he just has to go away for work a lot. You know, how many times does he come back in the morning? Right. right. I, well, you were gone all night. And, right. Oh, I'm just, just my business. There's a legit chance that his his wife doesn't know anything about puppy. Sure. And thinks that he's just out late working or doing what uh, thinks the same thing puppy thinks when he's gone. Right. right? Well, yeah. I don't know where he went. And so what do you do then when now you have a baby, a new newborn? And you really have to be there more often. 
And she's going to want answers about why you are gone because now you have shared responsibility to take care of this baby. And so I just, I don't know how long he's going to be able to maintain all these lies with this new situation. Well, especially when the, the you know, the second side side girl you knocked up is calling the wife and being like, hey, did you know your husband's girlfriend is pregnant? <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're yeah. not going to be mean, able to maintain the lies like that. Yeah. And I think that is probably her best move, you know, because it's like even if, you know, she isn't sure that the wife knows about her or not. I think that is the best move because really they have this kind of weird blended family now. And she's going to be part of that life because of these half siblings. I mean, they don't have to be part of each other's lives, but it would be nice if you're a part of your half siblings life. And Mm -hmm. so it's one of those things where if, you know, if I was in puppy situation and honestly, I don't see how I could ever be in puppy situation. But (laughs) if, you know, I'm in puppy situation, I would reach out because if anything, not to get Eric in trouble or to, you know, get to the bottom of it, but wouldn't you want to try to reach out and kind of say like, you know, I'm open to having this relationship with you because we're all one big family now. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I definitely don't think puppy sees it that way. Puppy just sees the other ex, the wife as somebody who just needs to go away and I don't have to think about it again. Right. You can't when you have kids, right? In an ideal world, you know, no one would have any baggage and you would be able to walk away from your exes and not have to worry about them. And like how I've always put it, I always like think about my exes being on Loser Island somewhere so they can thrive and survive on Loser Island. I just don't ever want to hear about them again. Right. But you can't you can't put your husband's kids on Loser Island. Right. Right. <laughs> that just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, just you're right about Eric, too. He is just grumpy. He is just like puss face all the time. All how, the time. Yeah. How do you even know he's happy about anything? Right. He never I, I've never seen him put any emotion that I would describe as happy in the show. No, ever. no. Like, and so it's just like, well, I don't know what, yeah, what, what how is this supposed to work? How, he, how could you tell if he was excited about it? I mean, obviously he wasn't because his initial reaction is, no, you're not. Like, I was like, did yeah. he say, no, you're not? But I think like, he figured it out like, ooh, you know, I better act right about this, you know, because he was about to walk out. He did. And then he turned right back around and was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we could see him. But, you know, yeah. I got to give it up for Queen every time. Like, she's always she's always the best. <laughs> when I know. She comes in. I mean, thought about the laws in that? Like, you know, there's yeah. like laws, right? Like, it's right. in the news and everything. You might be able to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I love her. And honestly, I love Amber, too. But the thing with Amber is that even though her message is super legit, something that puppy needs to hear, she's just pushing too hard. And it's really yeah. making Puppy very resistant to receive this message because Amber's pushing so hard. Yeah. I mean, because it almost sounds like she's saying the uplifting things, the things she needs to do, but she's saying it like confrontationally. Yeah. Like, this is a fight. You deserve better. And it just, but the way she says it is like, no, I don't. I'm going to take, now we've started an argument. I have to take the opposite position. Right. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, so let's move on to another drama. 
involving a third person, uh, Tiffany and Kevin. So Tiffany and Kevin, oh gosh. Oh jeez. Yeah. yeah. All right. Tiffany and Kevin are Tiffany and Kevin. So they both wake up in bed while Tiffany is vaping. Tiffany says she's over everything. Kevin talked to his mom that morning and she said that she just wants him to be happy. Tiffany says she's embarrassed that they had to meet under those circumstances and understands that Kevin's mom is going to take his side whether he's right or wrong. Tiffany suggests that they try to smooth things over with her by going to church with his mom. But before that, Tiffany says they have a date with a potential girlfriend, Tracy. Tiffany tells Kevin they should come up with some kind of safe word or signal if they don't like her or think she's crazy. So Kevin suggests they use these detachable patches he has for his shirt as a sign. Meanwhile, we see Kayla driving, telling us that she wants to build something with Kevin. Kayla thinks he may not be ready at this moment, but that's what she wants. She rolls up to see Kevin and Tiffany getting in his car. She ducks down and starts to follow them. Kayla thinks it's time to set some boundaries, and she says that she won't be a side bitch. Kevin and Tiffany meet up with Tracy and make some small talk. They all bond over their love of strip clubs. Things take a weird turn when Tracy says that she's a dominatrix for a living. Kayla, meanwhile, is taking pictures of this date, like surveillance stalker style, and texting them to Kevin, and says that it's time for an ultimatum. Kevin lies to the girls and says that, you know, the person texting him is his friend Brandon. And then he excuses himself to go to the restroom, where he just hides out in the bathroom, trying to figure out if Kayla has some kind of tracker on him. At that point, Kayla gets out of her car because she says she's just fed up. Tiffany and Tracy are talking. And uh, meanwhile, Kayla is calling Kevin and threatening to pop up on Tiffany. Kayla says if he had been honest, she would have been open to being the third person in their threesome. Just so she could kick out Tiffany in the end. Yeah, I feel like I know why they didn't pick you. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Kevin puts on the safe word patch and then comes out. He's just trying to get out of there so they don't have an altercation with Kayla. Tiffany notices the patch under the jacket immediately and is relieved because she can't picture balls being squished with Tracy and she thought Tracy was a little off. Kevin makes up an excuse and ushers Tiffany out. Kayla thinks that she's winning because it's obvious he's hiding her from Tiffany too, so she feels like maybe she has a chance. All right, so do you think Kayla's right that Tiffany and Kayla are kind of on the same even playing ground. So that gives Kayla a chance because clearly Kevin's hiding the other one from the other one. Uh, Yeah. I mean, he doesn't he wants both of them to not know about the other one. Yes. Right. And so that means he wants them both around. And I don't think Kayla's wrong with that. I mean, especially Mm -hmm. when according to the timeline of what we understand of this show, he slept with these women in consecutive days, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that definitely <laughs> comes off that way because it seemed like he had his hookup with Kayla. Uh, yes. Timeline-wise, like the next day, his mom comes over for dinner, which is when Tiffany barges in. Mom and, and son leave. The yeah. And then Tiffany spent the night. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that's a little... Uh, uncertain is the time in between him sleeping with Kayla and the dinner but it does make it seem like it's pretty close because Tiffany comes in saying you don't have a response to the letter I left Uh uh-huh yeah it's all it it is very sketchy too because if you follow 
that timeline that the show clearly wants us to believe, right? Mm -hmm. Then also, so you're saying as a girlfriend, as you, you're Tiffany, you believe you're a girlfriend, you find panties, Mm -hmm. you leave, Mm -hmm. right? You're mad. You're leaving. I'm going to leave. He doesn't respond to you enough. So you come back because you wanted to hash it out because the whole point of leaving was to start an argument anyway. So you come back to have the argument you wanted to have. And the next day, go on a Tinder date with a potential third. Like this also seems like not the not. This doesn't seem logical either. So I'm very confused. But if the timeline is as small as we think it is, well, at least it's portrayed on the show, then that kind of makes sense because they could have been setting up the date, you know, and not enough time would be like, oh, well, you know, Kevin's not in the picture anymore. Never mind. Yes, uh, I guess so. I guess the date could have been there, and then they. It just. It just seems like you. That's not something you would want to do, right? right. With somebody right. that you're like, you were cheating on me, and I'm mad about it. I think you aren't trustworthy. Also, I'll sleep with you tonight, and we'll try to hook up with somebody else tomorrow. Like that seems, yeah, unusual. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't even know if it's that it's Kayla specifically. Um, or that it's anyone, but I don't know. Maybe she has that whole rule where it's like, it has like Brittany and Marcelino, like it's fine as long as she's also involved in this. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. It just seems like the time to explore that is always like when you're very confident and very assured and very secure in your relationship, not not when you're like, I think you were cheating with me with other women, so let's go find other women. Like, yeah. it doesn't – it just doesn't scan to me. Um, but, I mean, to be fair, of the two women in this – that's going on in this, like, triad thing, Tiffany probably – she has her suspicions, obviously. But Kayla knows. Yeah. Like, Kayla knows that, that she's leaving with Tiffany and is like, yeah, I don't care. I want him. I'm gonna, he's mine. I'm going to take him back. Oh, my gosh. What a classy just, lady. Oh, I mean, I was just I, Tracy got so lucky that um, she just got so lucky that she got out of this unscathed. Right. Because <laughs> it was like I was like, no, Tracy, run away. Yeah. Run away. You don't want any part of this. I don't know, though, because maybe she'd be into all that drama and pain. If she's really a. What did okay, we say? So it's funny that I find that I find that like what I've heard, I don't know much of it i think i heard it in a podcast to be honest with Mm -hmm. you um is that people who are in that like scene are it's actually really really drama free because Mm -hmm. there's like strict rules and if you break the rules you're out you're gone right and so if like somebody violates a safe word or somebody makes other people feel uncomfortable then you're that's your history you're out and so all these like everybody's breaking the rules and lying and not telling everybody each other. That's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's not how that life works. Like you can't be safe in, in doing the dominatrix thing, doing the S and M stuff without like, you know, known security outside of it. Yeah. And so, yeah, the idea of it, uh, your ex-girlfriend's taking pictures of me right now. Right. Uh, that's going to be, she should definitely not be a part of that situation. Oh, no, not at all. Um, I just thought it was interesting that she said that she did it for a living. I don't know. You could, I didn't know you could have a profession of that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's, 
you know, it's more or less like an escort service type thing. But like, oh, okay. but it can be above board. Like, you don't necessarily sleep with the people. You just come right. in and do the the whips and the stuff, and then you leave, and then that's it. That was your job. They pay you for your time. Like, all right, that that's total. That's a thing. Okay. Yeah, I just, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just feel like Tiffany doesn't have anywhere else better to go, and Kayla's just obsessed. Yes, and I, and like, I feel like. Kayla's going to win because she wants it more. And Tiffany just needs another place to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, that's not wrong. (laughs) All right. So moving on to people, I don't know, who need to move on (laughs) is Bramwin and Chaz. So we have sad Chaz and he's still all by himself in the hotel room. We see him a long bathroom shot where he's cleaning the gunk out of his eyes where I guess it's a step up from Sean because at least he wasn't coming out of the shower. Oh God, I know. So he's still on his extended stay and he says Bramwin has been distant, so distant that she he even kind of implies that she's not even texting him. So when he does get a text, it's from a rando and he looks and then they say they suggest that maybe you should look up Bramwin online because she's, quote, back to her old ways. He immediately asks who it is and it's Tawny who we know is an old friend of Bramwin's and we know has an iPhone because she was a blue bubble. But anyway, it's enough evidence uh, that he takes a look at the old site that uh, Bramwin used to arrange her escorting on. And in this case, we know that escorting is a euphemism because it was more than that she was doing. Um, And her ad is still up, which he didn't think was unusual because it was still up from before she went to prison. But it's recently been edited. And he reads most of us, most of the thing to us on the camera, including her $270 per hour price. Mm. So he starts by thinking that, oh, this is what's been making her so busy, I see. But potentially, you know, could could be somebody messing with her who got her login. And um, so right now he's going to try to trust but verify like he did when he was in the Marines. So then we switch over to Bramwin to see what kind of verification we get. So she's meeting with her friend Jessica at a diner. So she tells her that her ex-boyfriend Yola called her. This is the person who she talked to in the in like the parking garage in the last episode when mm-hmm. Chaz gave the wedding band back or whatever. So he's out and it sounds like uh, she's really into him. So the relationship ended when he left her for another woman and they didn't communicate at when she got locked up for two years. So he wants to meet up with her now and Jessica knows – he doesn't want to meet up so much as he wants to hook up. So Bramwin doesn't know what to do since things went so badly with Yola last time. And oh, yeah, right. I'm married. Okay. So Bramwin says that Chess is actually coming over to talk to her at the diner in 10 minutes or so before her class. And Jessica gives Bramwin a heads up that Tawny has been texting him. And we're actually reminded now that we've actually seen Tawny before on the show. Like when they when she first got out, they went to her friend's house um, and it was her. It was Courtney. It was her. It was Courtney's girlfriend. Like oh. we showed to a friend's Courtney's house, and that was Courtney's girlfriend. Was Tawny? Interesting. I, I was gonna say the name kind of sounded familiar because it's not a very common name. And sure. I thought we had yeah. met someone. Yeah, but I wasn't sure. So anyway, Bramwin doesn't think much of Tawny because like she's a snitch, and because <laughs> Bramwin doesn't have anything to hide. Long dramatic pause after her saying, "I have nothing to hide." Um, So anyway, clearly he's coming to the dinner to put his cards on the table and try to clear the air. But instead, Bramwin immediately accuses Chaz of, I don't know, doing something with Tawny because it's like, oh, you've been messaging Tawny, have you? And that's when he's trying to turn the tables on him. So that's where the episode ends. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I guess we finally get to see what it looks like when uh, Branwen is really into somebody, huh? Yes, I was going to say, um, once again, this is something where it's like, what is the timeline of these things? I wish they would be more explicit about stuff sometimes. Because right. didn't she have that ex-boyfriend, Adam or something, that came uh, to her release? And they made oh, yeah, it and he's sound... Been hanging, they were hanging out because they did the thing where like he, right. he she watched his concert and then they panned around and Adam was there. It was like, yes. ooh, Adam's yes. here. Yes. And yes. the whole thing was that that was her ex-boyfriend before she got into prison because uh, he was the one who kind of got her inadvertently in trouble. And so he blamed himself, which is why he was, you know, trying to be there for her in whatever capacity. So it's sure. just like, I thought that was your ex. So you're trying to say you had another ex before you went to prison. And it's like, OK. Yeah, I, I think it yeah. was another. This other ex was from a different two year prison stint. Oh, OK. And it was like and she was like, well, we broke up because. A, he ran off with another woman and then B, right. I went to prison and it was two years and I never talked to him. So after that, we like just didn't have in touch. And then he was probably in prison yeah. or whatever, you know, and like and I think that that's so I think it was a different two year prison stint than this okay. most recent one. Well, if that's really the story, then that makes a lot more sense. And I wish they would say things like that, <laughs> because mm-hmm. otherwise it's like Adam who? It's like they pretend these people don't exist because it doesn't fit in with the nice little storyline. And then that just leaves me, who sometimes remembers random details, confused. Right. Yeah. What about yeah, when you have to remember that? What about that? Wasn't there an ex-boyfriend like five right. weeks ago that we were worried about? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Agreed. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I don't know. She seems to really think that Tawny is out to get her, but I don't I don't understand the motivation either way, right? I don't understand why she would make up something to tell him. And I also don't really understand why she would betray Branwyn if, you know, it really was true and tell him. So I definitely don't I think she's right. I don't think she likes Branwyn. Um okay. and I think she met with them that one time and I think she was like, wow, he seemed like a nice enough dude that he should know that his girlfriend is uh, is prostituting herself right now. Like, mm-hmm. that's probably something that dude should know. He doesn't deserve that to be happening behind his back. Um, yeah. And also, I don't like Bramlin anyway. So, like, here's here's a chance to screw her over and but and be able to do it in a way where I'm just saying I was just trying to protect this nice man who was mm-hmm. a sweetie pie. who was too <laughs> gullible and sweet, you know. I don't think making it up works unless – that doesn't work unless you were the one that updated the site, right? Because huh. the site was updated. There was new information on the site. Yeah. And that's yeah. that was that was a part because he – he's visited that site a lot, it sounds like. Um, yeah. Because he was like, well, every other time I visited it, it had the same date on the top. And I was like, that is a – well, I guess it's something you look for. I think he does it. But that's the thing. He never trusts her then, right? Right. So I don't think he was looking at that site to like – Ooh, I want to see nice naked pictures of my wife or whatever, you know, sexy pictures. He was looking to make sure it wasn't updated. Right. Uh, I don't know. Just everything about this situation is a huge red flag. And he not once has he really ever been like, this has to work. It's my fifth marriage. Right. He's never said that once. If anything, last week, he's trying to throw the ring at her to be like, I'm done. So we all know that he's very quick to throw in this towel. 
but mm-hmm. I just don't understand why there's all these red flags. Like, and he also has a history of dating people with drug addiction too. So you would also yeah. think that he would be able to identify if something's off. Like, as someone who's not been around many, if at all, drug addicts that I know of, like, I am even suspicious of Branwyn's behavior, where I am to the point where I'm like, she's got to be on drugs, right? Yes. Like, the last time we saw her when she got in the car, we were like, she was in the car, and we're like, um... Like, she was about to fall asleep mid-sentence. Like, that's a huge red flag. Yes. Yes. For, for like, no reason. It, It definitely is a red flag that... You're right. You'd think you'd know if you if you have more, you know, experience with addicts. It just right. it, it it just doesn't he just keeps holding on to like hope. And it sounds like it sounds like that's running out. Like I think especially when you go to confront something about something that's going on and their immediate response is, Well, what about you? It's like, oh, okay. Like yeah. then I yeah. see that I was exactly right and the hit dog will holler. So right. Well, we know that this is going to implode. In yes. the next few episodes, right? Okay, so uh, maybe moving towards more lasting love? Question mark. We've got Sarah and Sean. Imagine. Yeah, so Sean and Sarah make their entrance at their wedding reception and have their first dance. Kelly says it was a little hard to watch because she feels like maybe it should have been her, but she's happy she was there to support her kids. After the dance, Sarah and Sean are cutting their cake, which is also supposed to be a gender reveal cake, and we all find out that it's a girl. Kelly and Gracie both don't smile or look happy at all. After, Kelly goes to tell Sean that Gracie is hysterical, and he has to go and comfort her. Gracie says that it's a slap in her face, and she's crying, and Sean hugs her and says they should go for a walk. Sarah, meanwhile, is confused why there's so much chaos, and Kelly is trying to explain to her what the issue is when Sarah's mom comes in hot, ready to fight Kelly. Sarah tells her mom that she gets it because Gracie is Sean's only daughter, so of course she's going to take it the hardest, and she's got it handled just to back off. Sarah's mom, Kathy, thinks Kelly is acting a fool. Kelly tells Sarah it's messed up that Kathy isn't more sympathetic to a child, and Sarah says, you know, she's only defending her. Kelly in that moment realizes that this is being filmed as Sarah is just rolling her eyes because this was the disaster she knew was coming. Meanwhile, Sean is outside trying to comfort Gracie with Kelly standing nearby. Sarah says she understands and points out that her dad isn't there. So, you know, she also recognizes having issues with dads. Kelly says that no one is mad at Sarah, that they just didn't realize how it would make them feel. Sarah is encouraging everyone to go back inside. Sarah thinks they all just need to learn how to co-parent together. Okay, so uh, separate from the wedding, we've got Destiny. Uh, She's met up with her guy, Jason, at the hospital. She's curled up in the hospital bed. He always hoped she would call him if she was in trouble, so he's really happy to be there. He is worried because she's only seven months pregnant. Destiny was told that everything is fine and ends up that she's not in labor. Jason is thankful to see Destiny and hopes that he can be a part of this baby's life. He hopes that this will be the start of them rebuilding their relationship. Destiny says there's a lot of animosity, and she says it's not really about her. All right, so I don't know who we want to start off with, because it's almost like two different storylines here. Um, Do you think that uh, Sean should have anticipated Gracie maybe taking it this way? I mean, I think they were both understanding when they saw the reaction, but do you think there could have been like preventative measures in place? 
I don't know what you can do, but I feel like she's 18 now. Mm -hmm. And by that time, you should know your daughter well enough (laughs) that she'll kind of know how things are going to go and how to make it not better, but at least give it all. I mean, the thing is, is that I don't. I mean, obviously, Gracie's going to feel some kind of way and she's right. she's emotional. She's going to be emotional, right? She wasn't the one that demanded Sean, like, be there. And I don't think that they, her, him or Kelly made it better. Like, I think she just needed to go cry it out. Yeah. Right? And I don't know if it, all the people there trying to make her feel better and then, you know, people screaming at her for ruining the wedding right. um, was definitely helpful. Um, I don't think it was helpful for the person she was maddest at at the time to come try to, like, comfort her right at that moment when she was at her most emotional. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think they handled it right. And I definitely don't think it was the right move for Kelly to come in and be like, your daughter is hysterical. You need to come talk like that's right. Like, chill. Like, she just needs to chill. I just feel like she gets emotional and then everybody freaks out about it and Mm -hmm. makes it worse. Right. Right. It actually goes. It actually goes to like I had a student, uh, uh, one of my players got, uh, my soccer players had an injury today and she just like sprained her wrist or something. But all the other girls kept looking at it and be like, oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, you have to stop doing that. You're making it worse. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's what they were doing. Yeah. I wonder a little bit if maybe Kelly having a conversation with Gracie, like what's going to make this better, you know? Mm-hmm. And I do think Gracie is at an age 18 where she should have some self-awareness of I want to talk to dad or I'm so mad at him. I just don't want to see him right now, you know, or I just need to be left alone. Right. Like kind Mm -hmm. of letting mom know what she needed then, uh, because maybe Kelly did have that conversation with Gracie. We don't know because it definitely seemed like this whole thing was, uh, I want to say unanticipated drama where the cameras weren't necessarily where Mm -hmm. they should have been if they're trying to catch the drama. Right. And it just and that's one thing is like, okay, so let's let's take it for granted that she said, hey, I'd like to talk to dad about it. Mm -hmm. Then it should have been like, oh, hey, Sean, like Gracie's taking this really hard right now. And I think you should go talk to her. Yeah. And not like your daughter is absolutely hysterical right now. And you need to get out there and talk to her like. That's a very different vibe that you're already setting this whole conversation to be at. Yep. Uh, But we've already heard from Brandon, you know, Kelly and Sean's son, that Kelly can be a bit dramatic. And so, I mean, should definitely make it more dramatic than it needs to be. I mean, in my head, I'm making up headcanon about Sean. I'm 100 percent blaming Sean. Like, I feel like the reason that. Because they knew there was a baby and it was when the baby was a girl that this that this came out. If the baby would have been a boy, it might not have been as bad because I am I would bet my house that I don't have that (laughs) Sean has been spent Gracie's entire life telling her she's special because you're the only girl. Right. You're special to me because you're my only daughter and that makes it special. And why are you more special? Because you're my only daughter and you're my only little girl and you're my little girl. And then all of a sudden there's another little girl. And like the place that she supposedly had in his heart is now like up for grabs because you're not Mm -hmm. the only little girl anymore. And that's bullshit. I always hate when I it drives me nuts when parents are like, but they're my only son. I was like, so your two daughters are shit because you only have one boy. (laughs) That's what you're telling me. Like, what, what is this? Yeah, yeah. 
All right. So moving on to Destiny and Jason, she was always very vague about what happened. And so it seemed like it was more so she was not wanting this relationship, whereas Jason was like, oh, you know, maybe this is the beginning of something. I want to be there for her and the baby. Yeah. I mean, I I, I would just assume from Destiny that if she's being vague about what happened and not being like, you know, hanging the other person totally out to dry, then if you heard the story, it's almost certainly her fault. Sure. (laughs) Right. Like she is not going to if she was wronged in some way in this relationship, then she would let you know that she was wronged some way in this relationship. Even if she could if she she had to be he had to be so good that she couldn't even twist it into he owes me money. Right. I was (laughs) going to say that. I was like, why isn't she trying to exploit him for money? (laughs) Right. So she must know like it must have been so bad that it's like, all right, even I can't make this one about him being bad i, I right. that was me so i'm and just gonna instead, say like well you know it's just i don't i don't want to talk about that right and instead her pregnancy with this guy is causing her exploit an ex like that yeah, must be yeah, like really bad that part. old ex and i feel like i definitely feel like he's above he's above board because you're right he totally seemed like he wants to make it work and he mm-hmm. wants to get back together and she is gonna only call him when she's in an emergency so yeah, yeah, well, hopefully for the family's sake, they can at least get along enough to co-parent. Yes, let's hope, let's hope. Yeah. All right, so uh, we did not see Chance and Taylor this week. So out of the group that we saw, who was your student of the week? I'm going to say Puppy for, mm-hmm. like, you know, actually telling him and, yeah, you know, getting the guts to do it and then actually following through and doing following through on what she said she was going to do, which... Isn't something she she's always done. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually went with Sarah. Um, I appreciate that, you know, she wasn't letting her mom kind of come in there and start something with Kelly. Uh, I thought she was really, really trying to be understanding of everyone and like yeah. their feelings about things. And they're the ones ruining her wedding with all this like emotional drama, you know, mm-hmm. and I I think how she approached everything made Kelly calmer than Kelly could be, right? Because I could certainly see Kelly going after mom if Sarah hadn't stepped in and been like, you know, she's just trying to protect me, you know, like, it's fine. So I thought she handled the situation as well as she could for all the drama that was happening on a day that was, you know, meant to be yeah. special for her. Her mom just wanted to start a fight, man. She really like did. she was she just is ready for she was just she was just I and Kelly the whole time being yep. like one false move bitch. I right. will get you. Right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, what about your dunce? Branwin. Like mm-hmm. she is clearly trying to hook up with other people. Um if not actually but when we know she kind of gets in trouble for it, she's being a she's prostituting. And even even if you take that all part off, she's reopened her escort service. She clearly wants to hook up with this ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And she clearly intends on hooking up with this ex-boyfriend. Right. right. Like, so, yeah, no. Dunce. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, went with Kevin. I feel like uh, the chickens are coming home to roost. You know, it's like. How long can he keep up lying to these two people without 
consequences and i feel like it's starting to come together and it's just like i i don't know what how long do you think you can pull this off i mean especially when he's when she's taking pictures of you on the date yeah with, uh, for the third like he has to know the the, the time's on the clock man the sand right. is in the, in the hourglass and she is just gonna pop up on tiffany yeah, she like, is. That is hundred percent what she's gonna do. Right. Yeah, she is. Kayla is just gonna pop up on Tiffany and be like, "Hey, what are you doing here? By the way, let's talk about yeah. what I did with your boyfriend two days ago." Right. right. Oh my gosh, he's he's an idiot. All right, what about your life lesson? Uh, so I, I just kept coming across because he kept seeing it. Right, you had Kevin and Tiffany, we had uh, Lindsay and and Blaine or whatever. Uh, vapes look stupid. <laughs> they always look stupid. Like cigarettes, I'll give you. Sometimes cigarettes, like you watch a movie and you see them on TV and you see them on movies and see people, they can look pretty cool. Like cigarettes can look cool. It's well established. Oh, Vapes gosh. never look cool. They always look stupid. We should have Mr. O. <laughs> cigarettes are cool. I mean, I don't smoke and I never did because cool isn't worth lung cancer and everything. But sure. like vapes do not look cool. They always look dumb. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Um, okay, so my life lesson is kind of directed towards Eric. You know, he says that, you know, this conversation is over. And it's just because he wants to stop having this conversation, right? But conversation oh, yeah. can't be over if the issue isn't actually resolved and if time doesn't somehow change or progress the conversation forward or the situation. He just wanted it right. to be over. To what end? Yeah, I, I I was confused about that, too. That's a good point, because it was very much like if you're fighting over who's going to do the dishes and you just say, hmm, this guy, I thought we were done talking about that. And you're like, no, we haven't, because the dishes we haven't still the same. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And if Obviously, time somehow makes it where the, you know, the dishes somehow like clean themselves, then sure. But, you know, it's like saying the conversation over isn't doing anything. Yeah, yeah, but just yes, yeah, saying well, and because he didn't like just say, "Listen, I don't want to talk about this anymore." Right? He was like, "I thought we were done talking about that." Yeah, like, he's why like, "Why would we be done talking over. about that? Nothing has been resolved." No. Oh goodness! All right, so uh, we will be back next week. That's Seems that's like right. This I don't know. Train we, is still going. We're probably yeah, we're probably closing in on the end here. Like I feel like we have some we have some breakups coming and some you know we're past Sean's wedding, right? right. So I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like we're, we got to be heading here to the, towards the end. Right. We got Brittany and Ray's wedding coming up at some point. That's true. We I probably have the know. baby. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get to Chance and Taylor's baby or wedding because that seems kind of far out at this point. Yeah, that does. It does. Yeah. So, really, we just got Brittany and Ray's wedding that I don't even know they're going to show. But it seems like they will because, you know, in their story timeline here, it's about six weeks. But, sure. you know, this is certainly a show where it abruptly comes to an end. And you're oh, like, yeah, we will oh, not, this yeah, is it? We will not know until they're like, next week on the explosive series finale. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right, uh, sometimes go. I feel <laughs> like it's not week. even that. Sometimes we know it's the end because we get a title card summarizing where they're at right now. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess this is the last episode. True. That's yeah. true. Yeah. No warning of a tell-all or anything like that. It's just title card, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yeah, but uh, and then the other hint that usually we're coming to an end is if they start advertising for the new season, and right, we haven't seen right. anything for that yet either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. All right. So we, as far as we know, we'll be back next week. Good.
Yes. All right. Okay. See everybody then. Until then. Okay. Bye. Bye.